evening and welcome to another Maron Jazz, Maron Jazz 147. And it's a special one. The Alan Braufman's The Valley of Surge. Special. The legendary album from 1974. New York's Loft Jassin recently reissued, uh, self-reissued on Bandcamp, originally released on India Navigation, the second album on India Navigation's catalogue.
Ivan Braffman's Valley of Search. The album uh, and the reissue is quickly acquiring a cult status and that is because it's bringing focus on the New York loft uh, jazz scene in the early 70s. A lot of artists uh, navigated towards uh, downtown Soho, uh, what is uh, known today as Soho and Tribeca. Many famous names as well, Onet Coleman, Rashid Ali and Alan Braufman's uh, group consisting also of uh, Cooper Moore and uh, the famous free jazz player David Ware. The album was recorded live in 501 Canal Street and actually was recorded by Bob Cummings, uh, himself the owner of India Navigation. The lineup, uh, the album was recorded in one take and the uh, lineup is amazing. David Lee on drums, Ralph Williams on percussion, Cecil McBee on bass, Cooper Moore on piano, Dulcimer and recitation, and Alan Braffman, the leader of the group, on alto, flute and pipe horn. The reissue of the album has blood has been brought to light by uh, Nabil Ayers, who's uh, Alan Braufman's nephew. Legendary figure in the nowadays American music uh, scene, owner of a record shop in San Francisco, previous owner, and now current uh, head of the 4AD US uh, branch. And actually we have a little treat. We, we have an exclusive interview by Alan Braffman and Nabi Lyers coming up. So lots more to come. This is Maron Jazz, Thea and Mark. And we're enjoying uh, another tune from the Valley of Search. Stay tuned.
Yes, and welcome along, Mad on Jazz, Mad on Jazz 147, Valley of Cert Special. In the background, this tune is the Ark of Salvation. We started the show off with the first track of the album, Rainbow Warriors, and moved on to Chant. Sesamot B starred on the album. I'm going to play a track after this. Adam Boffman actually played on this album. This is Sesamot B and Matima. Coming up next. This is more Cecil Mukbe on Indian Navigations. This is Alternate Spaces. We can play some more of the value of the search coming up. Thank you. 
listening to an extract from uh, Cecil McBee's Alternate Spaces on Indian Navigation and another uh, track, an Alan Braffman composition from the Valley of Search album with the title called Thankfulness coming up and the exclusive interview with Alan Braffman will follow. This is Maron Jazz 147, a special issue. Stay tuned.
So, Alan and Nabil, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Congratulations to start with on the amazing uh, album that's been recently reissued, The Valley of Search. So, um, let's start with that. And uh, we know there's an amazing uh, little story behind the album uh, that also includes the, uh, the critic uh, Gene Giddens, Giddens, right? Uh, Gary Giddens. Gary Giddens. Gary Giddens. Yeah, Gary Giddens. So, um, how was how so this? It's this special story behind the album and how the album was actually recorded. And it was recorded in a very special place as well in 501 Canal Street, uh, part of the uh, legendary loft uh, jazz scene in New York. So we'd love to hear more about that. Well, um, we were all in Boston. Um, some of us went to Berkeley. I went to Berkeley College of Music there, but not all of us did. Um, but we all played together. Um, Cooper Moore, Ralph Williams, who plays percussion on the album, a bunch of us. And um, we all, um, well, Ralph didn't move down, but uh, Cooper Moore, David S. Ware, bass player, uh, Chris Amberger is not on the album. Um, we all moved uh, down to Fowlong uh, Canal. Cooper Moore found the building, very cheap. It was a uh, neighborhood at the time. Now it's Tribeca, but at the time it was nothing. It was deserted. Uh, we have to walk 20 blocks to the supermarket. Nobody wanted to be there. And um, uh, $550 a month for the entire building. So you know, nobody had to work much to uh, just pay the rent. So we all had a ton of time to practice, work on the music. We had a storefront in the, that we gave the concerts at on the first floor. And it was just real conducive um, to, um, you know, be, to play the music. You can live how you wanted to live. Uh, you know, like it's virtually impossible for that to happen in New York City right now, you know, due to the, due to the, <clears throat> the real estate. So we were fortunate in that respect. Amazing uh, space. Do you want to tell us more about what was happening uh, there? Apart, obviously, from recording the album there live in 501 Carl Street. And um, if I'm correct, it was uh, Bob Cummins uh, himself, the <laughs> Indian navigation yeah. owner, that uh, did the recording, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How else was the space used? Well, the, the space was just used, uh, you know, for, either, you know, somebody's always down there practicing or the weekends we gave the concerts. And, you know, we could, all musicians in the building, so, you know, there's no limit, we can play 24-7. So uh, I had met Bob Cummings, Cummings at um party that Cecil McBee bass player had at his house. And I, I played on Cecil's album, his first album, Mutima, which released on Strata East. I think that has just been re-released also. And um, Cecil had a party and met Bob. He introduced Cecil, introduced me to Bob. And um, Bob came down to Canal Street and heard, heard us in concert and said he'd like to record it. So um, he just brought his recording equipment into, into Lost on a Sunday afternoon. and. Um, we treated, you know, we didn't have a live audience for the concert and um, uh, for the recording, but uh, we treated it like like we did. We just played straight through, no alternate takes, no second takes. We just played it like we did if we playing the concert, and that's what the record is. The album uh, is amazing, and we're gonna be listening to uh, some tracks, uh, all of the tracks uh, on the album, really, and. Uh, an amazing lineup as well. Uh, we have you, of course, as the leader, uh, Cooper Moore, which uh, we know you're playing actually tonight. You're playing the album with uh, Cooper Moore uh, in uh, in New York, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. At the Green Space. At the Green Space. Exactly. And then we have Cecil McBee, uh, David Lee, and Ralph Williams. How was the vibe back then playing with these musicians? Obviously, Cecil McBee as well uh, became uh, quite a big name. Mark is a very big fan of Cecil McBee. Mm-hmm. It was uh, exciting playing with them. That's all I can say. You know, it was like a trip. I had been listening to, to Cecil since I, you know, I, I had listened, my mom got me into this music when I was like eight or nine. And I had been listening to Cecil, you know, like on those early Blue Note albums, he did like Ratchet Monk or Jackie McLean, whoever. Um, so 
you know, um, it was quite a thrill to play on Cecil's album. You know, I was like 23. And, but for him to say yes to play on my album, was like, wow, okay. <laughs> also, uh, you guys invited Gary Giddens uh, to kind of uh, hear of the real kind of black creative music uh, mm-hmm. sound of, of their period. And uh, I believe he came, he loved it, and uh, he wrote it in his article, Taking Chances at 501 Canal. Uh, yeah. The, the fact is, these are the musicians who are taking the chances today, and their gifts and commitment ought to be attended. So, a brilliant review of the album then. Uh, amazing reviews of the album now. How 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 did the reissue came about, and how do you feel about this resurgence of interest in deep, uh, free, uh, spiritual jazz uh, today? Um, you want to answer that one about how to answer sure. that? Should I answer hi, the reissue? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Nabil. I, uh, I'm Alan's nephew, and I reissued the album with him. Um, I, I, of course, known the record my whole life, and I was I spent a lot of time at 501 Canal when I was a kid, and I remember all these songs and concerts and everything. So um, I think Alan and Coopermore played a concert about a year ago right now, and I had written a blog post about it, um, and I was really surprised that a lot of people that I knew you know, who are my age and even younger uh, responded on Facebook and stuff like that. That they like they knew about these musicians, but I didn't. I didn't think anyone did. I thought it was like my sort of childhood New York secret. But I, once I started kind of talking to people and digging a bit, I realized that a lot of people know this album, and there's like a really bad version of it on YouTube with poor sound quality, and it was an expensive record on Discogs, and so that kind of got me talking to Alan and thinking about you know why shouldn't there be a good sounding version that people can get since people want to hear it? That's really all it took. I want to add that um, the track, there's a track on the album called Little Nabil's, Nabil's March, which is, um, that's Nabil that you're hearing talking. He's, he's not little anymore. <laughs> Amazing uh, story and, and history behind it. And um, I know we talked a bit uh, about, it was kind of this phenomenon at, at that period, like we had a, uh, uh, also, Ornette Coleman and Rashid Ali also uh, going to loft spaces uh, in downtown New York. So, it must have been an amazing period for for musicians, uh, kind of like uh, left and and kind of anti anti establishment, if I may say, uh, spirit with regards to to music. I, I don't know if you you wanna add any stories or anecdotes. Uh, about that period, other uh, you or Nabil? Yeah, I was just telling about the period. It was like, you know, it was an interesting period in New York City because um, the city was just about bankrupt and um, everything was falling apart. There was graffiti everywhere on the trains. And um, But, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, but I enjoyed that more than New York now where it's a big corporate city and, you know, the rents are... Uh, you know, it was interesting that they uh, recently, a few years ago, they tore uh, the building down, 501 Canal, and put a little hotel there. And uh, we, <laughs> I just had a curiosity. I called up the hotel. And I was wondering what the rates were. And, uh, you know, we paid 550 for the building, and the rates are now 530 for a room for a night. <sighs> so you know, that kind of um, capitalizes right there the difference between that time and now. Um, and um, so, you know, just kind of an exciting time to be in New York City. The city didn't feel like it was completely explored. And, you know, um, there were sections that, you know, there were absent anything, you know, like along the, the the west side. We were on the west side right by the river. And there's the old dilapidated west side highway with the, um, no cars on it anymore, but it hadn't been torn down. And... Um, there's just, you know, vacant lots and garbage sitting around. And now, you know, this, it's, yeah, I'm economically much better now. That's why I said I'm just speaking for myself. As a 23-year-old coming, coming back to New York from Boston, it was an exciting place. Um, New York was a very exciting place to be. Wow. 
So um, the Valley of Sedge, uh, that's available on Bandcamp directly from uh, Alan Braffman's uh, page on Bandcamp. And uh, Alan, after that, you started recording as Alan Michael. And mm-hmm. you did yeah. s- some pretty interesting stuff as well. We're talking about Cecil McBee earlier uh, being a well-known name, but I believe you toured with Philip Glass. Oh uh, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't tour with Philip Glass. It's an interesting story about Philip Glass. Like I, um, this is before um, Canal Street. I was still in Boston. I was back in New York, you know, for um, uh, for a summer, and um, I was uh, playing with a bunch of saxophone players that were Dickie Landry and Richard Peck, specifically. They're from New Orleans, and they uh, at the time Philip had. Um, uh, all saxophone bands, like synthesizer. And um, he asked me to be in his band, and I went to a bunch of rehearsals. And, um, uh, but before um, actually um, I did any, any gig with Philip, I, I went back to Boston, finished up there, so I never did, uh, that That was cut short. Uh, but I did tour with Carla Blake for three years, and that was, um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, it's an amazing, uh, amazing uh, background. And also you played with Carla Bley and the Psychedelic First. So quite a, yeah. quite a wide spectrum of, uh, that's, that's brilliant. And now you're based in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. Yeah, I live in, I live in Salt Lake now. And um, I play a lot there. I don't really play this music in Salt Lake because it's, cause it's Salt Lake. <laughs> yes, um, but, indeed. With with regards to, as opposed to New York or Los Angeles as well, is coming up nowadays. Uh, or Europe. And Europe, yeah. yeah. And uh, the emerging London jazz scene with all of the new uh, jazz musicians uh, coming up over here as well. So uh, we we want to thank you for your time. Uh, taking time to talk with us and um, and you Nabil as well. Uh, we know we, we we'd love to interview you as well on a, on, an, on another yep. show. Uh, we love the album. Uh, we're gonna be playing quite a few tracks of the album and uh, we want to wish you the best for the show tonight. Uh, wish we were there. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Alan Brofman and Nabil. Okay, we're going to continue with the show. This is another track that Alan played on on the Sesame Up B Martima album. Stay tuned. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
amazing Tessa might be there. The tune called Tulsa Black, starring Alan Bluffman. Okay, we're going to continue with some more Indian navigations. Next up is Chico Freeman with the album Kings of Mali. Thank you. 
Maroon Jazz 147 Special issue Alan Braffman's Valley of Search You can get the album directly from Bandcamp alanbraffman.bandcamp.com Big shout to Alan Braffman and Nabil Ayers for taking the time to do the interview and for all the interesting things that we talked about earlier and above all for issuing this pretty legendary album This was Maron Jazz, Thea and Mark Check our preview shows on maronjazz.net And have a nice one till the next one.